0: The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11. Now, all of these things happen to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has seized you. There's another version creeping in there. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful. Say that. God is say it again God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it let's pray Father thank you for what you're going to do tonight amen you may be seated praise the Lord I heard one preacher say if you didn't get prayed up before you got in the pulpit don't start trying to get prayed up then what a wonderful service we've had thus far I believe that tonight's message will encourage you and help you on the eve of Thanksgiving. How many of you have seen the Lord of the Rings and the, the trilogy there by Tolkien? The books, I'm told, and in fact, I've read some of them, not all of them, but are far better than the movies. Uh, but there's one particular scene where they're down in the mines of Morea. My, my wife loves this scene. They're in the mines of Morea, and all of these orcs have taken over because of the evil of the, the elves, not the elves, the uh, the dwarves. They, they they got greedy, and they, they went too deep, and they awoken in the darkness this creature called Belrock. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right. And so they are trying to escape, and as they're escaping across this bridge, Belrock comes and Gandalf turns around who's like a, a a Christ figure in the movie. Even you can see him fall, and then later he's resurrected as the white the white wizard. And and so he stands on this bridge and this wicked creature called Bellrock comes to devour them and he takes his sword and he takes his staff and he says you shall not pass and he won't let him go he won't let him pass and he quotes some thing I mean I just watched it I was going to play it for you but I didn't want to freak out any of the kids and Gandalf understood the the, the parameters of what he, this evil thing was allowed to do and he says you shall not pass you return to the darkness and he uses his authority That picture of that bell rock in that movie is a picture for me, I think of as the destroyer. There is a demonic entity in scripture called the destroyer. There's a destroyer on the loose. I've preached messages about it before. And I just want to touch on it for a moment because the Apostle Paul here gives us insight on, uh, on this Thanksgiving of how not to release a destroyer. He said, what are you talking about? You're freaking me out. Well, listen, in Exodus chapter 12, and we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures so if our media department can hang, great. All right, super. Exodus chapter 12, verse 23. It says, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer. There it is again. The destroyer to come into your household to strike you, and so now, how many of you know this is the last plague that comes on the on Egypt to set the people of God free? And the death of the firstborn was going to be that which took place if the blood of a lamb of the what of a lamb was not on the doorposts and the lentils, the top part. How many of you know that what that's a picture of here? Let me find a door. Here we go. I've done this many times. But what does this with hyssop, they would take blood and they put it on the doorpost that's here and here and the lentils, which is here. What does that make a picture of? It's really a cross. It's, listen, the Old Testament's amazing. I love the Old Testament and how all the types and shadows roll right into the new and prove everything. Just amazing. And so this destroyer, this death angel, if you didn't have the blood on the doorpost and the lentils of your home, So it's called Passover. How many of you know when Jesus was crucified? It was on the Passover. Is that an accident? No. It's completely on purpose. By design, in fact. And so there's this destroyer that was going to enter into their homes, this killer, basically, if they didn't have the blood on the doorposts and the lentils of their heart. They come, this destroying demonic power, you can release him in your life. Thank you. Where was that? Got an amen somewhere. You can release the power of destruction in your life. Now I'm a believer. I'm saved. I've got the blood of Jesus. Praise God. You can still do that. You, somebody said, Can a Christian have a demon? I love what the one brother said. A Christian can have anything he wants to. The, the real question is Can a Christian sin? And what the Apostle Paul is saying, and he talks about grumbling, he talks about idolatry, sexual immorality, the tempting of the Lord, and grumbling in verse 10. Now that's tremendous to me, complaining. Should we all repent right now? Let me read to you some more scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. By faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. So we, the, the application in New Testament for us tonight, very simply, is when we apply the blood of the Lamb by faith on the doorposts of our heart, then the destroying angel can't touch us. Amen. Especially when we pass from this life. We're not thrown in the lake of fire, which is not created for you or me. It's created for Satan and his demons. And let's look at the text. Let's look at this text tonight. Paul's got a serious concern for the Corinthians because they're so, pri- so filled with pride. And um, I don't know if, well, if you're breathing and you're willing to admit it, you struggle with pride too. All of us do. And the Corinthian church had a pride problem. And they were doing things that were basically going to destroy them. Now, if you're ever going to do something that's going to destroy you, wouldn't you want somebody to just say, (whistles) Hello? Wouldn't you want somebody to stop you? Wouldn't you want somebody, if you're going to head off and open the door for the destroyer, wouldn't you want somebody to say, Dude! Stop. And so that's what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's saying, excuse me, Corinthian church, you better stop because you're going to release a destroyer on your life. And he warns them by using the examples of the Israelites and what they had and what they did not have. They had all the blessings there of God there in the Old Testament, but they weren't grateful. They're a bunch of stiff-necked, stubborn, grumbling, murmuring, you know, can't, you brought us out here to kill us. It just reminds me of me sometimes. Definitely reminds me of some folks that I've talked to not all that long ago. Constantly complaining, constantly murmuring. Oh, it's so hard to be a believer. What? I'll show you hard. This is not hard. Hard something else. I love what Dr. Morocco said to me years ago. I was going through a challenging time as a pastor. I called him and and I said, Pastor, am I amazing? and it's good to be able to talk to somebody. How many of you know? How many of you know you gotta have people that you can talk to and trust and just share everything with and be if you're not transparent, you're never gonna make it, right? So I was being transparent and uh, basically murmuring and complaining about how
1: hard it was.
0: And he said to me, Pastor Daniel, I was so Yeah? He said, Nobody's trying to burn you at the stake, are they? I said, no. He said, well, then you've got something to give, get, get thankful about. I said, y- nobody's trying to martyr you. Are, are there anybody trying to martyr you? No, no, Pastor. He said, well, then you could be thankful. I said, yeah. I'm just like, wow, I think I've been rebuked. Praise God. And he said, and furthermore, Pastor Daniel, have you, have you resisted to the point of shedding blood yet? Have you resisted to the point of shedding blood? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're going to be all right. Let me pray for you. Listen, next time you think you're having a hard time, just compare yourself, just go watch, just go watch the passion of the Christ. Move it to the end scene. Just, just go watch that. Next time you think you're really having a hard time, go watch him become marred. His visage was marred more than any other man. Think about Jesus. you start having a problem with your flesh? Go watch the passion of the Christ. It'll help you out. Amen. You don't even have to, you, you just watch the, 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 the picture of it. Just imagine what he did. Come on, we're not really having a hard time. And the Corinthians, a. Eh? They were headed for destruction. And Paul warns them by using the example of the Israelites. He said, look, consider them. Look at all the stuff they had. And yet they grumbled and murmured. They complained and, and released a destroying angel. And, and uh, it goes, he goes on to say their problem was that they allowed evil to enter their lives. Idolatry. It, he lives this list. Idolatry. He said, well, we don't have any idols. No, don't we? You might not be bowing down to some stone, stone figure in your living room, but you probably are bowing down to something. I'm mean, going to hope you're not. Many people have money as an idol. Many people have sex as an idol. Many people have, have all kinds of idols. Well, praise the Lord, let's move on to number two. He talks about sexual immorality, which I think is tied to idolatry, really. It tests the Lord. They presumed on him. You know, the difference between faith and presumption. Faith is obeying and and trusting in what God said. Presumption is presuming on what the Lord said. God told them, you can surely take the land. They sent from Kadesh Barnea. They send in 12 spies and they all come back and 10 give a bad report. Oh, we can't do it. We seemed like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were grasshoppers. We seemed like grasshoppers to them, and so we were grasshoppers in our own sight. It's a powerful scripture. The way that you see yourself is exactly what you'll be as a man thinks in his heart so he was. They didn't see themselves as the army of God. They didn't see themselves as God's hand extended to bring wrath and to execute judgment and removing all the Canaanites because their sin had come to fullness. They didn't see that. They saw themselves as huge giants. We're small. We can't do anything. And I don't know about you. I've seen myself in that light before. But that's not how we're supposed to see ourselves. And so ten give a bad report, and two give a good report. Caleb and? Caleb and Joshua give a good report. And they say, surely we can do it. And basically what happens is they have to forfeit that time period because there's no agreement. And so instead of going into the promised land, they get to walk around in the desert for 40 stinking years. Praise God for the manna and the shoes that don't run out. But they were supposed to be eating grapes, and, 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 you know, hummus and just enjoying the goodness of the fat of the land. Amen. Oh no, no. Because they're grumbling, they're murmuring, complaining, they didn't believe God. And so they end up getting judged, but just that generation, he'd let that generation die and their kids would then enter in. And of course, that's what happens. Here's what most people never read in that account. And, and, uh, you can go look it up later. The day after judgment comes on Israel because they couldn't believe God, there's a group of people that come to Moses and say, you know something, you were right, actually. We should have gone into the land, and we are ready now. God bless it. We're going in now. (laughs) We're going in. And Moses says, dude, it's too late. And they said, no, no, no. The Lord said we can go in, so we're going to go into the land. We're going in. We're going to take it. And Moses says, God is not with you, bro. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> God's not with you. You can't go in because God's not with you. No, 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 we're going to do it. They go in and they get their tails kicked. They presumed on God that they could obey. They do it now. Presumption and faith. They tested the Lord. You know, some of you think you can hold on to your resentment. Hallelujah. Hold on to your anger. Some of you think you can hold on to your unforgiveness. It's just going to be okay. God knows your heart. Yes, deceitfully wicked above all else. Jeremiah says it. Some of you think you can hold on to your secret sin. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. You ain't going to make it. You're you're going to lose out with God. Don't, Don't presume on Him. And the last thing, verse 10 they grumble so he gives these examples to the Corinthians and he's warning them he says hey whoop, whoop, whoop. it's a warning wake up he tries to warn them He says don't relieve death re- release death grumbling ruins covenant relationships grumbling let me see if i have a definition here It's talking in hushed tones in negative ways about your situation or people. Wow. To grumble. Grumbling will destroy. Basically, I see grumbling destroying really all relationships grumbling can destroy. But specifically covenant relationships, the first one that grumbling destroys is your relationship with God. What do you mean? Do you mean if I'm complaining all the time, I'm destroying my relationship with God? Yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. Why is that? Because when you grumble against God, our grumbling changes His authority and our our purpose for our life. Your attitude, the spirit of grumbling, destroys your relationship with God. It's saying that you basically know better than He does. It's not trusting Him. Some, I was talking to somebody. It's interesting. I studied this for hours today. and I got on the phone with somebody. A gentleman called me. I haven't been in church a long time. He called me. Maybe he's online. I hope you are. Uh, he, you know, we, we spoke. We began to speak. And he began the most horrible litany and assault against God and how, well, I won't use the words that he used, of course, because they're vile. So he just straight cursed and then he said, Sorry. And he's so angry and so upset about God. And I've been kind to him up till now. But he needs a stinking spanking, and that's what I told him. I said, Let me just tell you something. You need need somebody to put you over their knee and spank you, acting like a little baby. See, you're deceived. I've been nice, but I'm going to say you cross the line and start dropping F-bombs and stuff, then you're going to get the, you're going to, you're going to get my, I got a rod. The Lord's given me one. I'm going to use it. The boy needed the spanking. And I've just begun. I just gave one or two lashes. We're going to finish the lashing later. I didn't have time to finish. I said, we're going out to lunch and I'm going to rebuke you. Why? Because I don't want to watch him walk. Listen, some people think that, you know, you're Christians. You just be nice to everybody. I'm going to tell you, some people need a spanking. In love, in love. I'm not talking a fit of rage and anger and manipulation and control, but you just, you can't let people just barf all over you and believe a lie because they're going to, he's releasing the destroyer on his life. And as I studied this whole thing and this phone call comes, I hadn't talked to him in months. I just said, dude, you're deceived and you need a spanking. And I began to correct him and he said, oh, okay. Okay, pastor, bring it. I said, I have not even started. I'm going to bring it. I am, because I love you, and you're deceived, and you're going to knock it off. He said, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are, and I don't have time to talk to you anymore, because I'm going to go stand with somebody else who's going to go to heaven in about the next 24 hours. And you're in trouble with God. You've got to stop it. I'm going to help you. We're going to go to lunch, and you're going to get spanked. (laughs) He said, oh, we need to. I said, we can't talk anymore. I'm going to stand and pray with this family. They're just a couple blocks away and he loves the Lord. He's about 87, and he might have passed away already. He's, he's this close to glory. Can I, just, can I just talk about that for a second? I stood there, and we sang we sang amazing grace, the presence of God just descended. His eyes opened wide. They told me his eyes have not been opened like that all day. I spoke to him, encouraged him, prayed for him, sang presence of God. The precious mom there is weeping. The, the, the daughter-in-law... And I'm weeping, and we're just sitting there, thank you, Jesus. Oh, when you get there, say hi to my son, and you greet all of your family. You're going into your reward. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we're like, thank you, Jesus. And I left that place like, yes, God. So I said, i got to go be with somebody who's going to heaven. You get spanked later. But when you grumble, you, you it, it challenges his authority.
1: You're challenging his authority. You're saying, "God, I know better than you. What do you think you're doing right now, God? What have you lost your mind?"
0: It's really there's not a healthy fear of the Lord They really understand. Now, listen you can you can get you can get upset righteously at the enemy. You know you're going through circumstances. You're going through situations. Don't yell at God. Sometimes, listen, many of the things in my own life that I've had difficulty with was my own foolish decisions, throwing my own self underneath the greyhound. I don't mean the dog, I mean the bus. And many times we like to blame God, blame other people, when it's our own foolish decision and poor planning. So when you're grumbling, it's challenging God's authority and purposes for your life. You're saying, can you imagine, can you imagine Paul, the apostle Paul? We'd never imagined this because it's not what happened. But he's on the, he's on the ship. Lord, you told me I'm going to Rome and I'm going to testify. I don't understand the prisoner thing, but God, you're good. Then they enter into a storm. Then the, the, the ship starts coming to pieces and they're all going to drown. Can you imagine Paul saying, Lord, you said I was going to Rome. Can you imagine that? No, I think he's praying in tongues. He's down in his boat, and the angel of the Lord comes because he's grateful, because he's thankful, because he was one that was like a castaway, that was a Christian killer, and God met him on the road to Damascus. He was headed to hell. God saved him and used him. He didn't worry about his suffering. He didn't. He didn't complain about it. In fact, he said, "I've counted worthy to suffer for Christ." Where is that mentality? Oh, my internet doesn't work. For the love of God! (laughs) Your internet's broken. Now Paul had an angel stand by him and give him the master plan of how to save everybody on the boat. Could it be that God's placed you in circumstances that are difficult When you find yourself in the midst of them, and I don't mean because of your own foolishness you can repent for that and believe God to turn it for good, but you find yourself sovereignly in the midst of a scenario that's very difficult and you know you've done your best and, and before the Lord and you've taken authority over demon power, and you've bound, and you've loosed, and you still find yourself in the midst of that situation, could it be that God's got a divine appointment, that you're on a boat with 326 souls, or whatever it is, the Andromeda it's called, and He's there to bring the word of the Lord so all of them get saved? Could it be that God would trust you enough to put you on a boat like that? The fa- Oh, I want to know the power of the resurrection. Don't forget the next verse. And the fellowship of his suffering. (laughs) Now, it's not like, yeah, I want to suffer for you, Jesus. But when it comes, understand that there's a tremendous fellowship that God will bring with you and him. I'm going to tell you if you've really suffered. Oh, God comes close. Oh, he's right there. A broken and contrite heart, he will not spurn. But if you begin to grumble, murmur, and complain, oh, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. If you grumble and murmur and complain, then what are you going to release? You're not going to release the power of God, Bubba. You're going to release a destroyer. You're going to release a demon spirit on your life. You think you had it rough before you're complaining, try that. Don't do it. Everybody say don't do it. Our grumbling against godly appointed leadership keeps us from receiving from them. That's a good one. And we don't have this in this house, and I'm thankful for that. We have tremendous unity, and and I'm so grateful for it. And and we're we're thankful for your love and the way that you honor us, my my, my Pastor Karen, myself, and all of our staff and all of the leaders. Really, we have a tremendous privilege of working together in tremendous unity. And and that's one of the reasons God is doing what he's doing here. There's tremendous unity in prayer. There's unity in vision. And when there's... Where there's, where there's unity, how good and pleasant, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity, for it's there God commands His blessing. What's the opposite of unity? Discord. You know what grumbling brings? It brings discord. It brings chaos. It brings destruction. And, you know, when Jesus went to Nazareth, they couldn't receive from Him because, because why? Because they, 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 they grumbled against who he was. Isn't this not Jesus? Didn't we change his diaper? Who's this guy? Who are you? Who do you think you are? What? I remember changing your shorts. Is it not Mary? Mary, what? We know you. You're the conference boy. And Jesus couldn't do many miracles, so he went to Capernaum and did all of them there. We stood there in Capernaum. Wow. The kingdom of God was set up in Capernaum, if you could say it that way. But it, but it was first... Headed to set up in Nazareth. But because of their grumbling, their complaining, and their murmuring against authority against him, they couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He had to move on. To keep from... Glum- to keep from grumbling. If you don't understand that part of the message, neither do I. Look at Look at verse... Look at number three. Number three. To keep... To keep from grumbling, you must remember. Everybody say remember. Spiritual Alzheimer's is a recipe for death. Remember. Remember what He's done. What has God done for you? What has He done? Think about where you used to be. Think about when He saved the likes of you and me. Think about about where you used to be. Think about... Think about how he reached across the muck and the miry clay and he snatched you like a stick out of the fire. Think about that. Think about how you used to be so depressed. How you used to be filled with anxiety. Some of you were just strung out on drugs. One one move away from death and God intervened. God touched you. God saved you. How he healed your marriage. How he healed your babies how he touched you, he provided for you he made a way out of no way think about that, remember what he's done if you don't remember what he's done then you're in trouble don't have spiritual Alzheimer's let, 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 let these testimonies of your life, remember them like signposts along the highway of your life and say oh Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what you did before, you can do it again. Lord, thank you that you healed me. Thank you that you provided for me. Thank you that you made a way when it was impossible and I had no way out and I didn't know what to do. You breathed on me. You encouraged me. You strengthened me. You helped me. You healed me. You sent forth your word and you set me free. I'm not under bondage anymore. I'm delivered. Ah, hallelujah. Come on, remember what God's done for you. That'll keep you from grumbling. What he's doing. Remember what he's doing. What is he doing? He's doing all kinds of awesome things. Amazing. Be thankful for his provision. Come on, your heart's beating within your chest. Come on, you have vision today. You can see. Wave at me if you can see. All right. And you know the beautiful thing is if you can't, then he could heal you of that too. We're not victims. Say it. I'm not a victim. I cannot stand the victim mentality. I had it for years. But I was set free. Once I began to understand who I was in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, you have authority. You've got power. If you're being gripped by some secret sin, rise up, man of God, and change it. Get accountable. Get prayer. Break that thing off your life. Stop tolerating stuff. You're not a victim. You're not a victim, you're a victor. I'm on the victim mentality, never did anything for anybody. You know, you, know, you just never feel like you're going to win when you feel like a victim. So when you're grumbling, you can basically destroy your relationship with Christ. You destroy your covenant relationship with God because you grumble. But not just with, with the Lord. I've known people who've grumbled against their spouses And destroyed their marriages. Very good. I'm going to be right back and let you think about that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I've known people that all they can do is bellyache and murmur and complain about their husband. Oh,
1: did
0: you see what he did last night? And they tell everybody all about it. It's just like releasing a demon on your marriage every time you do it. You know, I I've, I travel a fair amount. And uh, when I'm away from my wife and my children, I'm uh, overwhelmed with gratitude when I return home. Actually, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Uh, in fact, when I'm leaving, how many of you know sometimes it's hard to appreciate folks when they're right there? Sometimes. And... You know, we can go at life and ministry and my family at a fever pitch, and then all of a sudden I'm going to take off and, you know, I've got to take a trip or go to a conference to do different things that I'm required to do. I really don't like traveling all I like traveling with you, though. That was awesome. Let's do that again. But traveling by myself is not really my favorite thing to do, and I really like being home. And there's no better church I'd like to preach in than my own. I love, I love preaching here, love being here, love you guys, love being in fellowship with you. What a great church family we have. And as we, start to, as we start to, as I start to go, you know, it's kind of like we just look at each other and, and almost start crying already because we have to say goodbye. My kids, too. I get on a plane. It's texts all the way to the airport. And some of you think we're crazy, but, but that's how we are. We're, we really love each other, like each other. We like each other. We love each other and we like each other. I like hanging out with you. It's fun. And my children. I love my children. I'm gone I just, I, we count the days, five more days, four more days, Woo, three more days, two more, one more coming home and I'll be home by, you know, and just can't wait. And when I get home, it's, you know, tears and everybody crying, you know. Be thankful for your spouse. Be thankful. You say, you don't understand the way that they are. Well, maybe because you're so ugly and mean. Maybe because you murmur and complain all the time. Maybe because you're the fourth part of the trinity that's constantly trying to control everything they everything they do. I love that one brother who is in, in marriage ministry. He had this flourishing marriage ministry. He ended up getting divorced. It's crazy. I can't remember his name and if I did I wouldn't tell you anyway. But he uh, he would always put his hands in his pockets. Constantly, constantly putting his hands in his pockets. Actually, I think it was with a, with a suit jacket. He always had his hands in his pockets and he would jingle change and stuff while he's preaching. And his wife hated it. And she would be like, take your hands out of your pockets. It's not professional. It doesn't look good. You're playing with, it's just, slow class. Stop. And he constantly had his hands in his pockets. Constantly. And over all these years, and I mean like 15, 20 years, this was the battle they had. And he'd say, well, I'll try, you know, pray for me. But, you know, he'd get to preach, me like in the Lord. And he would just stick his hand in his pocket. You know, he just couldn't help himself. He'd just break down. And, and so he's preaching some service and she's sitting on the front row and she is grumbling to the Lord. God, I can't believe it. Again, how many years? Lord, deliver me, God. And the Lord speaks to her and says, clear as a bell." Do you not like it when he puts his hands in his pockets? And she says, I don't, I don't like it. And the Lord says, well, I don't mind. I guess that changed things for her. All of a sudden, it was all right. Because, I mean, if it's all right with the Lord, how many think it should be all right with you? Grumbling. Murmuring, complaining on this Thanksgiving evening will destroy your walk with God and release a destroying angel upon your life. It'll destroy your marriage. It'll destroy your relationship with your wife or with your husband. Stop. Start learning to be thankful. Start learning to give thanks and be grateful for... Okay, so they don't clean up so well. But think about the things that they do well. Come on, give me an amen, Pastor Karen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Learn to appreciate your spouse. Be thankful thankful for God. Spouse. Did I slur? Be Be thankful for who God's given you. Look, some of you cried out when you were younger. Oh, I want to be married. I want to be married. I want to be married. And you're like, now, all these years later, you're like, go God! Listen, those of you who want to be married, want to be married, let me give you a little tip. Slow down. Don't make a mistake. Pick a winner. <laughs> I say this to all single people. When you find somebody that you thinks all that in a bag of chips, then just, just watch and wait for a little while. And soon the wind of hell will blow on their life because it comes to every single believer. And when the wind blows, watch and see how they handle the wind. And if they're like, I hate you and turn from God, you know that you were, you've been spared. You know, maybe they'll come back and get restored and go after the Lord. And I made some foolish decisions in my early walk with Jesus, but you want to make sure that you, come on. You want to, don't, don't ever be unequally yoked. You can be unequally yoked with believers just because they love Jesus. They might not love Jesus like you do. You want them loving the Lord way more than you. That's a good goal. Somebody getting, you getting some tonight? Be thankful. Everybody say, be thankful. For who God has given you. Thank God for them. Thank God every day for them. Thank God for your spouse. Be complimentary. I know that's hard sometimes. Speak words of life. Love that new hairstyle you have, honey. You look beautiful today. Listen, all you men, try this. Say this. Say this this after me. It'll be okay, by the way. It'll be okay. Trust me. All right? Sweetheart, say. Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Is there anything I can do for you? Go ahead, try that. Okay, all of you ladies, you can thank me later. All right, guys, say, sweetheart. Is there anything I can do for you? Married people, yeah, especially. Okay, look at your wife. Come on, look at your wife. Those of you that have married, come on, gentlemen. Look at your wife. And sing, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine.
1: You make me happy when skies are gray. No oh dear, how much I love you. Sunshine away.
0: Uh, we can thank Ivan Tate for that cute little song. But learn, learn to appreciate your spouse. Ladies, learn to respect and honor your husband. You know, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, we're made in the image of God. How many of you know that? What does the Bible say that he inhabits the what? The what? So what happens when we begin to lift up the name of the Lord? What happens? He inhabits it. His presence comes. Do you know that men are kind of like that? No, watch me now. Watch this. Watch it. Track with me. If you begin to you begin to speak life to to your husband, you begin to speak. You begin to thank him for how strong he is and how hard he works. And you just look for all the things you can thank him for. Before you know it, he'd be like,
1: "That's right. You know that's right. Like, yeah, come here, baby." <laughs> I'm
0: listen every guy in here knows that
1: that's the truth you you know she begins to talk about how great you are man your chest comes back you just be like yeah yeah that's right
0: and all the men said I know I let out some of our secrets but ladies you need to start doing that You okay, Pastor Karen? (laughs) Be complimentary. Now this next one might sting just a little bit and then I'll I'll finish. I have found um, that when we grumble, brace yourself, it's not in your notes. We're talking about. (laughs) Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Praise the Lord. Come on, it's almost Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Be thankful. Don't be a grumbler. Don't be a murmurer. Don't be a complainer. Don't do that. It releases a destroying angel. It'll destroy your relationship with God. It'll destroy your relationship with your spouse. Watch this now. It will destroy your relationship with your children. What? Some of you complain to your kids about how much they don't do right. And, and you know, as kids are growing up, they do a lot. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. How many of you know that? But if most of your words are negative and complaining and demeaning, then you will destroy your children. If what they hear from you most of the time is, is no, no, why, why, you know, take how many times. I mean, I understand. Listen, you're training them. Yeah, come on. You're training them. They, they, how many of you had training wheels on, a, you know, a bike when you were a kid? And when you take the training walls off too soon, you crash. Many times I've seen parents so murmuring, complaining, and I have been guilty of it myself. Sometimes it's challenging. You're teaching and you're training your kids, but if you're constantly beating them up and complaining, then you're going to release a destroyer on them. Listen, you better have time. Listen to me; I'm trying to help you. You better have time with your kids, where you're looking them in the face and telling them how much you love them, how much they mean to you. And that doesn't—I love you so much, and as a result of that, you get a time out. Praise the Lord; you would have to have consequences. It's not that you get rolled over and let them do whatever they want to. There's consequences very clearly. You know, make them go out and shovel all the driveway off the, all the snow off the driveway. And if they didn't learn that lesson, then have them bring all the snow back on the driveway. That's a good one. <laughs> Till their attitude changes. But if you're constantly murmuring, complaining, they're going to they're have a sense of rejection. You're going to release a destroyer on your kids. Are you getting this? Are you catching this? I heard uh, parents, uh, pardon me, in, in talking with a youth, they were, they, the, the young man said to me, uh, he said, you know what? They're always talking about me. I'm downstairs in my room, and I can hear them and how upset they are with me all the time and how they hate me and how, my, how the family would be better if I wasn't here. And we wonder why this kid's suffering with suicidal thoughts. I mean, how dumb can you be and breathe? We're destroying our children by murmuring and complaining you need to bring correction there needs to be truth you don't let them get away with things but at the same time you got to do it the right way and for the love of god Will you speak life to them will you tell them they're going to be world changers tell them that they can do anything build them up prophesy over them make them come to church can you say amen well look at roman number four that's like a whole series Be grateful. The call for every believer is to be grateful. What is gratefulness? Eucharista is the word in the Greek. It's, it's nine times it's listed as thanksgiving. Well, have a thankful heart. Have thankful heart. Desire to show appreciation. I mean, when's the last time you said to one of your leaders or Or somebody in the store. Thank you. You know there's people that work on Thanksgiving tomorrow. And you know thank them. Give them a tip. Bless them. Tell them how you appreciate them. Have a desire to show appreciation. The feeling of goodwill. That's a a sense of the definition of Eucharist. It's gratitude. It's thanksgiving. It's it's really an act of worship. It's what worship is. Worship is being filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for who God is, his attributes, and for what he's done for you. Sure is quiet in here. Desire to repay the, the favor is another part of that, that definition. The Eucharistic, it's the main word in the New Testament for gratefulness. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4 says this, there must be no filthiness of, uh, filthiness of, or silly talk or coarse jesting, which is not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Wow. Colossians 3, 15, give thanks. Romans 7, 15, put that up. Romans 7. Pastor Alex, would you come please? There it is. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For the uh, that's not the scripture. Hey Amen. You must have put up the wrong one. No, I'm kidding. So <laughs> typo Romans seven twenty-five. Romans pardon me. Romans seven twenty-five. Sorry about that. That is a good one. I there we go. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with The mind, I I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh I serve the law of sin. I thank God. I thank God. It's an interesting thing. If you allow thanksgiving to come forth from your mouth, you know, you will find that your whole attitude changes about everything. Look for the silver lining in the cloud. Come on if you're served a bunch of lemons. Make that lemonade, bless God. If you're tarred and feathered, give praise while you lead a, lead a parade going out of town. The Old Testament sees gratefulness as a work of true worship. True worship. The Psalms. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. For His mercy endures forever. He's patient, kind, and long-suffering. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. We forget not all His benefits. He heals us of all our diseases, and He forgives us of all our iniquity. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth worship so if gratitude and thanksgiving is really the heart of true worship what is the opposite of gratitude and thanksgiving murmuring complaining okay this is going to sting a little bit and i don't think it's too far reach If our, if our worship, he inhabits the praises of his people, praise is filled with thanksgiving and gratitude, and that's worship, then murmuring, complaining, you know what that is? What did Satan say to Jesus in the wilderness? Bow down and worship me. You know what I think murmuring, complaining is worshiping the devil? In a way. Or your own self. Somebody said, what's the main problem with America? I think it's the idol of self. It's the main one. Don't be a devil worshiper. Come on, say it. Don't be. (laughs) You say, really, pastor? Well, I'm I'm pushing it a little bit, but I'm doing it to to illustrate a point. Come on, you've not resisted to the point of shedding blood, have you? Have you done that yet? Are you burning at the stake? I mean, really? Really? Is it really that bad? You're not in hell, are you? The king in the Old Testament appointed Levites whose job was to give thanks. Their whole job was to give thanks. Festivals in the Old Testament and their their possessions, their processions. They were, you know why they they existed? It was to, to be reminders of the goodness of God. Feast of Tabernacles. You know what it's about? They, in fact, even today, they build, they build these little houses on top of their houses, and they sleep in them. You know what it's about? It's about giving thanks to God that he provided for them in the wilderness. Passover. Do you know what Passover is about? It's a reminder to them and a celebration that the death angel, the destroyer, passed over their homes in Egypt, and he delivered them. Passover, those are those are two main celebrations. And they were commanded to come three times a year to to worship the Lord in those times. Why? To remember the Lord and what He's done. Don't forget, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord. On Thanksgiving, listen, you sitting around the table, we're all going to have pumpkin pie and and candied yams, ham and turkey, the gravy, smother it. Just smother Gravy, come on, Jesus. Just another ladle, praise God! It must be the Southern in me that likes all the gravy, mashed potatoes, pecan pie, apple pie. We're giving thanks for really—it's—it's it's a uniquely American holiday. We're giving thanks as the pilgrims did generations earlier for bringing them through another winter and that God sustained them. Listen, God sustained you. You made it another year. And he loves you so much he's left you here to be his sweet fragrance, to be trophies of his grace, to be his expression of righteousness in the earth. Give thanks. Give thanks. Don't, don't, Don't worry about what's not right. I've found, but I've give thanks. The the mountains become molehills. Let me say that again. When I've learned to give, live with gratitude, the mountains that are before me become molehills, and God brings me up and over into the next place. Amen? Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Come on, why don't you stand up on your feet and give thanks to God right now? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Alex do you have a wonderful song of thanksgiving that's on your heart tonight (laughs) I'm thankful for you come on look at your neighbor your spouse maybe your family go ahead tell them how thankful you are just tell them tell them Come on, tell somebody else. Hey, John Duke, where are you at? John Duke had a baby baby lap this morning, right? Come on, we thankful for your baby, John. Come on. Come on, where were you? Where were you a couple years ago? Come on, are you thankful, John? <laughs> Come on, thrust your hands into the heavens and just thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, we
1: give you praise i just wanna thank you for saving me thank you for healing me thank you for setting me free help me sing come on i just wanna thank you for saving me thank you for healing me thank for setting me free, setting me free. Oh, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. For setting me free. I can't hear you. Help me sing. I just want to thank you for saving me. Thank you yeah. for healing me. Thank you. For setting me free Lift your voice and sing just want to thank, thank you. you Thank you Jesus for saving me. Thank, thank you Lord I give you praise for healing me. Thank, thank you Jesus you. Thank, thank you Lord Thank you I just want to thank you For saving me Thank you For healing me Thank you Whoa me free. Thank you, Lord. Sing, yeah. you you, yeah. you sing, sing it. I want to thank you for saving me. Thank you. For healing me. Thank you. For setting me free. For setting me free. Just your voices sing. Sing it. want to thank you for saving me. Thank you. For healing me. Thank For setting me free, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna thank you for saving me, thank you for healing me. For everything you've done for me I just want to thank you, Jesus For sending your son for me I just want to thank you, Jesus For laying down your life for me I just want to thank you, Jesus For giving me Come on, lift your day. voice and sing I it just want to thank you for saving me, thank you. hey, For healing me, thank, thank you. For setting me Someone free. Someone ought to take a victory lap tonight. Ah. I just wanna thank, thank you. you. Hey, for saving me, thank you. For healing me, thank you. For setting me free. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Yeah. I just wanna thank for saving me. Thank you, yeah, for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. Some of you need to take a lap and be thankful for your legs. I thank you yeah, yeah, for saving me. Thank, thank you, hey, for healing me. Woo! Thank you Come for setting me free. Lift your voice and healing me. Thank you for setting me free. I just want to thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. Come on, just express your thanksgiving to him. Come on, right out loud. Thank him for your marriage. Thank him for your kids. Thank him that you're healed and whole. Thank him for what he's going to do in the new year. Come on, begin to thank him just right out loud. Thank you, and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus I thank you. Come on, I thank you with all your heart Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus I thank you. Come on! Thank you. You thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank, you. You, Jesus. thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wha- thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. thank you. thank you. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. thank you Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I thank you, I thank you, one more time now. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus Yeah Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for God. Lord, we thank you. Come on, give your best hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Oh! Hey! Oh, you set me free. You delivered me. You healed me. Oh, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you. (laughs) With every head bowed and every eye closed
0: before we close this service, do not you leave this place if you don't know for sure that heaven's your home. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. He loves you with an everlasting love and made a way out of no way by sending His own Son to die in your place, in my place. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're here and you're not right with God and you know it. Maybe you've been grumbling a whole lot. And you've just really need to get right with God. Won't you do it tonight on this, on the eve of Thanksgiving? Won't you give your heart to Jesus? Surrender to him. Received the free gift of salvation. For the first time, perhaps that's, that's you. You've never done that before. You want to do that tonight or Maybe you used to walk with the Lord, but you drifted and you've compromised and you've walked away from Christ. And you need to come home. Yeah. You need to come home tonight and give your heart to Him fully. Recommit to Him. Or perhaps thirdly, the enemy just lies to you. Says you're not saved. and You just want to be assured of your salvation. If that's you, I want you to come right up front right now. Just come. Come on. Praise God. Come on, come. Is there anybody else? You want to get right with God for the first time or recommitment? Praise the Lord. Come on.
1: Come on, come. If that's you, come. Come on, come right now. Praise you. Praise you, Lord.
0: Come on, people are coming. Leaders are coming. All right, activate the evangelist on the inside of you. Ask the person to the right and the left, if they, are you right with God? If they're like, um, then say, come on, I'll go down with you. Come on, go ahead, ask him. Take a minute. Come on to do that. Are you right with God? Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray right out loud. Say, say with me right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin. I'm sorry. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Lift your hands as a sign of surrender all across this place. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, your touch. Lord, touch right now. Lord, touch these. Touch these. Touch these, God, right now. Lord, release your grace. Just close your eyes. The Lord shows me it's been a long and a weary and a tiring road and times where you've really given up hope, where you've really just wanted to throw in the towel and just didn't want to do it anymore. But all of that changes tonight, and I'm going to cause your heart to beat again. I'm causing hope to fill you even now as these words are spoken over you. Depression, anxiety, confusion goes. The enemy's tried to write some names on you, tried to put some things on you that's not you, son. I've created you for greatness. There's all kinds of musical ability and talents that I've given you, says the Lord. You see things. You know things. There's a sensitivity about you. The enemies really use that. Destruction in your own family. Loss, pain, grief. Have been the closest things to you in recent years. But everything changes this night. As you've given your heart to Christ. The assignment of the enemy is broken.
1: Holy Spirit,
0: come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in our heavenly language. Lord, thank you. Lord, fill
1: these right now. Touch, heal the brokenheartedness. Oh, we give you praise. Be filled tonight. Be free tonight. In the name of Jesus. Come on, those of you online. Lift your hands, those of you online. Let a wave of the Spirit just come over you right now. Right now, be touched, be healed, be free. Those of you here in the congregation, let the chains fall off. Right now, bondages go. Curses be broken. In the name of Jesus, loose. Be loosed. Be loose, Be loose in the name of Jesus. Be loose, Be free. Be healed. Be reconciled today. She did Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, i want to thank you, yes, for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. Come on, lift your voice and sing. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. For saving me for, for saving me thank you for healing me for, for healing, healing me. me thank you for setting me free lift your voice lift your I voice now thank, thank you, you new life for saving me thank you for healing me thank you for setting me, me free I just wanna thank for saving me thank you for healing me thank you for setting me free thank you jesus 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 hey thank you jesus thank you jesus come on open your mouth and sing with us thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus hey sing it thank you jesus yep come on sing Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I thank you, yes, I thank you, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, yes, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus I thank you I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I thank you. I thank you. One more time. Put your best hand clap together.
0: Wonderful. Take someone by the hand just right where you are. We'll close tonight. I know I went a little bit long want to wish you the most profound blessed thanksgiving that there could ever be may you rejoice and enjoy your family and again if you're all alone you got nowhere to go you you let us know we'll see if we can't help you and pray for you and come on there's we're family here amen so grateful for what god is doing let's not murmur say i'm not gonna murmur yeah me neither don't destroy your relationship with god destroy your relationship with your spouse destroy the relationship with your children don't do it Let's close tonight. Father, we thank and praise you for what you've done. Your word is truly a lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path. Let your blessing rest upon each and every one of us as we stay, as we linger, as we have fellowship, as we go. And tomorrow, Lord, as the festivities begin, the Thanksgiving, a wonderful, uniquely American holiday, that we celebrate the time when you brought, Lord, our our, forebearers, our forefathers to, Christians that survived a winter and then came together to give thanks. We're thankful for all that you've done. We're thankful for the United States of America. We pray, God, bless our country that you would overthrow wickedness, Lord, and that you would bring righteousness in the land, even another awakening. Lord, we thank you for it. God, we praise you. Now, Lord, bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them. And give them peace in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.
1: Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for letting me breathe. I just want to.